Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright. It's a bit of a different day. It's a special day. It is our 16th birthday. And um, man, it's just exciting. And you know, I, I wasn't leading this church the whole time. It was planted by someone else, but we are here now and you know, we've been leading the church, uh, Sarah and I, since 2013. And uh, it's been, honestly, such a joy, such a privilege. And um, it, it, it's been the, the most, easily the most significant decision of our lives. I think the church that you go to is a very significant decision because it'll impact your spiritual life. And, you know, we are created for more than this earth that we're living on right now. Uh, the scriptures say that we are citizens of heaven. So guess what, guys? We're here for a little while. We are a, a Miss James says, a vapor. And, uh, and we spend eternity uh, on the other side of this thing we call life. And so I think it's, it's really significant. And so I was just, I guess, you know, I've been, you know, reflecting on a lot of things that have happened over the last sort of 16 years and, you know, just sort of celebrating a, a lot of those. And, you know, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's significant. I mean, at least especially for our lives being a, a, a decade. We, we have so much footage of this church and we didn't really have the time to show it all, but we, we have so much footage of this church. And you know what? Hey, before I go any further, let me just say this. Can we please put our hands together for Amy Robinson that has pulled so much together to help make this, uh, not only this church what it is right now, but this service what it is. She had to, she was trawling through the archives and found so much footage. It was hilarious to look at some of that stuff. I can, I can tell you, looking back, uh, the pants have got skinnier. Uh, the haircuts are, are different, fashion has changed and um, you know I was looking back at you know just old faces and uh, not old faces you know people that have been here for a long time you know and and uh, it, it's it's true you know like I've seen people come in as teenagers and they're now married with children you know and and you know it's just so good to be able to see that and I know we said it before but you know uh, on behalf of Sarah again and and the rest of our team we just honestly we just really appreciate you guys so much and we're so thankful to all of you and 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 most of all thankful to God for um, his provision and and what he's done and and we celebrated you know in in the clip that we saw today getting this video and uh, get this video this building and we don't we don't own this this building but you know God has provided for us to be able to do church somewhere every single week and we are we're just so um, grateful for that I was sitting with um, a, a friend of mine a good friend of mine Gabby Goulet and uh, who who led our creative team for you know eight of the nine last nine years and we were at a at a friend's birthday and we're sitting across the table for, from each other and I was just thinking about you know when we kind of uh, started leading our own areas together and I said you know we've been doing this for for a, a decade like 10 years of our lives and maybe that doesn't seem like a lot to you but when you're working at one thing for 10 years every week and it's all you, you, you you're thinking about and praying for and and and, and thousands and thousands and th 10,000 prayers you know and and you know we're reflecting on it and to be honest um you know as we were talking about it we just sort of sat back and had this moment where we're like we're so glad that we did you know, I think it's an investment that we're, we're so glad that we did. And, and, and the things that we've done in, in the past, I think that they're going to continue to, to bear fruit in, in the future. And um, I am. I'm just grateful for so much. But can I tell you this morning that there is so much more? 
there is so much more than, than what we've seen. There's so much more ahead of us than what is behind us. There really is so much more. And I believe that we are in a uh, divine window of opportunity right now as a church. I really believe it. And I'll tell you that, you know, this is not language that I would use all of the time, but I think we are in a divinely appointed season right now. And if you have joined Bright Church, maybe during ISO, you caught it online, you came in. However, if you've been here for five minutes or five years, it really doesn't matter to me. I think as the church continues to grow, there will just continue to be increased opportunity to get in on what God is doing at Bright Church, because I just believe that there's so much more to come. There's so many significant seasons ahead. And, you know, I believe that God has called people to come and, and build His church. And take this as your invite. Uh, you know, if you know from God and God has spoken to you and you know what your calling is, you know what your, your gift is, you know what your grace is, I would encourage you to come and, and do something significant and, and let's build the kingdom of God together. Amen. This, this church actually began uh, in, a, in, a, in a little garage with a small group of people and, you know, then they, then they launched and here we are 16 years later. And what began as a small group of people, now we have uh, staff, we have interns. Like I remember after I had taken over the church and we, we actually, for a period of time there, we lost a building that we were doing church in, so we had to move around and everything that we had fit in a trailer that was taken to and from church by none other than Keith Townend every single Sunday who traveled from way down in the south and uh, he would he would he we packed everything into a trailer and just brought it to church and set it up and packed it down and you know and I think about now uh, where we are as a church and we're sort of so much further along and I, I I thank God for for what we've had and I thank God for what we've got but I'm telling you right now I can see so far past this moment I can see so far past this moment um I was at a friend's uh, barbecue. It was one of Sarah's, you know, some of Sarah's work friends. And we all, you know, went around to just have a barbecue lunch. And we were, the kids were outside, they're playing. And we're sitting at a table. And a lot of Sarah's work friends were sitting around the table. One of her uh, colleagues at the time was married to a guy who's just an absolute legend of a guy. Fantastic guy, love him. He works as a cop, he's straight down the line, he asks questions, he doesn't mince his words, he's a little bit interested to understand some things about church. So we're sitting there around the table and nobody was really listening like because everyone's in their own little conversations, but he said, hey Ben, can I ask you a question? And I said, yeah. It was one of those questions where everybody wanted to know what he was gonna ask, everybody stopped. And then the focus just got drawn into that conversation. And he said, hey, can I ask you a question? Yeah. He said, can I, I just want to know something. How, how does the church, you know, how do you guys get money? <laughs> you know, just to, just to really lowball it with something non-controversial at a table full of people that don't know anything about uh, church or, or, or God or, or how it works. How, how does this... Uh, how does this whole thing work? You know, like, how do you get paid? Like, you know, and he asked this question. 
I, I cracked up laughing. I said, oh, I said, that's such a great question. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that you asked it. I said, <laughs> I said, well, I said, we don't charge anybody anything for church. Because when you come to church, you don't realize what people outside of the church, what they know and what they don't know. So I said, well, we don't charge anybody anything to come to church. You know, it's church is free. Like you could just show up and you can just be there and then, you know, you can, you can leave. And he's like, right. So how does it work? I said, well, um, we, don't, we don't charge anybody anything, but they actually, they just give. And he's like, really? I said, Yeah. And he was kind of shocked by that, like how the church functions and operates. I said, oh, yeah, uh, people give and, and, and they, they, you know, they give online. And I started to explain. I said, look, we've, I said, we've got a business manager. We've got a fantastic accountant who, who's in one day a week. And, uh, you know, we, we have like, you know, an AGM and we have budgets and a board. He goes, oh, so this is like a proper thing. I said, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He goes, oh, so this is like fully legit. I said, yes, yes. Yeah, it's fully legit, okay? So, so everybody's still listening. Like, this is a really interesting conversation. I guess it's about money, you know? So, so you know, so, so, so yeah, church is, you know, completely legit. He's like, oh, okay, you know? And I said to him, you know, I, I, by the way, I said, people don't just give their, their um, you, know, we, you know, we talk about money, but sometimes we call it treasure. They don't, they don't just give it their, their treasure. I said, you know, the way that the whole thing operates and functions is people just serve and they lay down their time. We have volunteers that come in and have been volunteering like full days in the, in in the church for, for, you know, for years. And he's like, you're kidding me. I said, no. And he has sort of had this question in his heart where he, I could see he was like, what would possess anybody to, to part with so much? You know, like time is important. You know, treasure is important. You know, taking your gift, whatever it is, the grace that you've got on your life and laying it down in service, you know, to, to, to the church. You're kidding me. And so, you know, he, he's got these questions that I said, yeah, mate. I said, this is the way it works. Uh, people do that. I said, because they're just so caught up in who God is. And to be honest, mate, it's, it's just, it's all about Jesus. And I said, do you know what the gospel is? Now, this is where the story gets really good because everyone is still listening, right? And I'm sitting either at the head of the table or the foot of the table. I don't know. I'm at one or the other, but I'm at the end of the table and I can see everybody's faces. I said, do you know what the gospel is? And he said, no. And a few people are sort of like, you know, like people that don't know anything about God or church, right? They just, you know, they have a crack at it. So I... We started talking about heaven. I started talking about, you know, existential things, you know, like forget all this peripheral stuff. I said, you know, do you believe in God? Well, that's an interesting question. You know, sometimes we get too easily sidetracked with things like side alleys, you know, like, you know, like, hey, keep the main thing, the main thing. Forget about everything else. Do you believe that God is real? You know, and so we start talking about that. Well, how do you, how do you get into heaven? And uh, one of the ladies, she, she said, um, oh, you know what? I just think that if you're a really good person, if, you, if you're really good, um, you know, that, that you'll get in. I was like, oh, okay. Hey, that's a nice idea. And, and a few people are sharing different things. And, and I said, well, I, let me tell you, I said, I think that that's, it sounds nice, but it's, it's actually, uh, that's not Christianity. I don't know what that is, but that's not Christianity. And that, uh, you know, is a completely unbiblical idea. You know, that's, that's not what we believe at all. They're like, what are you talking about? Isn't, isn't the whole reason that you guys exist and what you do, it's just about being good people. I said, oh, no, 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 no. I said, let me explain to you how it works. We're saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. It's all about what He's done for 
us. And in response to the gospel, we give our time and our talents and our treasure. We lay it down and, and, and we serve Him. And that was sort of blown away by what the gospel really is. Because I began to ask the questions, the, you know, the, their ideas around how these things work. I said, you know, let's say it did work your way. I said, how, many, how do you know when you've done enough good things? When do you tip the balance of the scale? How do you know that you've just done enough good things to make sure? And, and when do they outweigh the bad things? And do you even know what a bad thing is or what's a good thing? How do you know? And, and you know, what a conundrum. I said, well, that's why we don't believe any of that. We believe that we're saved by grace through faith in what Christ has done. And I added to that, I said, I'll tell you something else, guys. I said, every other religion is works-based religion. Christianity is the only one where you get into heaven based on who he is and not who you are. And so I shared the gospel. Anyway, the barbecue continued and I got in the car. I said, hey, hey, you know, I just preached the gospel to all of your friends. She goes, I know, I saw you doing it, you know. Sarah's in the kitchen, you know, and she's having a conversation, but she's like, he is telling them everything right <laughs> now, you know. And, and, and with, you know, I explain it to them. It's such, a, it's such a powerful message, isn't it? And it's that message of the gospel that moves us and motivates us to give and to sacrifice. So, hey, guys, we're building the king. We're extending the kingdom of God. We're advancing the kingdom of God on, on planet Earth. I think God sees what we do and He loves it and He blesses it. And if you're new to Bright Church today and you don't know uh, who we are or what we do, maybe you're joining us online for the first time, I'll just but give you a quick refresher. The reason we exist is first and foremost to help people know Jesus. And we could have said God, but we said Jesus because there's lots of gods. There's one Jesus Christ. And so we want people to understand this message of grace that we call the gospel. And so, you know, that's, that's our mission to help people know Jesus. But I've met plenty of people that know Jesus and are completely trapped in their lives, uh, guilt-ridden, full of, you know, shame and, and got issues that are in their heart. And I thought it's not good enough just to have people that, that know Jesus. We've got to see people free. You know, I don't want to see people that are trapped. And, 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 and you know, it, it's such, that's the thing that doesn't make sense. They're saved by grace, yet enslaved by their sin. It, does, it, 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 it can't work. It's all trickery. So I thought, well, no, no, we want to see people be free. And, and here's another biblical idea. We want to see people be discipled. And I tell you, in the season that we're in right now, we are just doubling down on this. You know, we're making it so clear that discipleship, this is the thing. You've got to get in a discipleship relationship. And so uh, we care about that. And, and you know what? I really do believe that every single person in this, in this room today, whether you know Jesus or not, you have a, a spiritual gift, you have a, you have a grace. Um, and, and some of those, we see graces on people's lives. And when they become Christians, they, they shift some of that grace to, to, to ministry. You know, when it comes to spiritual gifts, admittedly, that's a manifestation of the Holy Spirit in your life. So after you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit will manifest Himself in your life and you'll have at least, every Christian, I should say, has at least one spiritual gift. And what we want to see is people who know who they are and then they go out and make a difference. That's our, that's our mission. That's why we exist. That's what we're all about. And I can say that if, if you don't know uh, what God has called you to do, 
I, I bet he's spoken to you before, but sometimes we can just disregard it. And I don't know if you would be aware of this, but the language of the Spirit of God is dreams and visions. Dreams happen when you are asleep. Visions happen when you are awake. And he talks sometimes in pictures. And recently, uh, God spoke to me in this way. I think it's something very significant for our church. Wanted to share this and preach it just here at our 16th birthday. You know, for a couple of years now, God has given me this one picture. And it's, I believe, directly about our church. And it's a picture of a, of a bow and an arrow. And, you know, occasionally this thing would just come up. God would speak to me this way. And it would be an arrow that's just getting drawn back but not released. And a year will go by and the arrow will be drawn back but not released. And there's so much potential there. And I don't mind admitting a little bit of frustration. God just let go of the arrow, all right? You know, but it just wasn't the right season. It wasn't the right time. And so a few months ago, I'm, I'm, I've got having my prayer time with God. And he, you know, shows me this, this picture again. Except this time there was something different about it. I, I mean to tell you that what I'm saying to you right now has been years in the making and predates COVID. And finally, God just released the arrow and I think it's significant of the season that we're in right now. That there's something significant about the season that we're in right now and it's so significant, it's happening in a way that, that it's never been like this at Bright Church before. And I believe that we are going to see a fresh move of God in a way that we haven't seen yet here at this church. And I'm not the kind of preacher to say this over and over again. I mean, years in the making to just say what I just said. And I think that there is a window of opportunity that's in front of us. And it's one thing for me to say it, but you, you got to understand that people are texting me from our church saying, hey, I don't know if you are aware of this, but I think God is doing something fresh in, in, in Bright Church. These, some of these people that have been texting me and, and calling me have been people that have been here for some time. So they're texting me and they say, oh, you don't, but Ben, you don't understand. Like, I mean, this is like something. I, say, I, I know. They're like, no, no, no. I mean, like right now there is a window, something. I'm like, I know, right? Like, I, I get it. Like, I understand. Like, because God has spoken to me too. And it hasn't just been one or two people, but multiple people saying the same thing over and over. And so, you know, as soon as God gave me that picture of that arrow that was released, it made me think of a scripture and I want to, I've, I've preached it before, but I want to preach it new and a little bit differently today. And it's out of 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 14. It says in verse 14, Now Elisha, who was a prophet to Israel, had fallen sick with the illness of which he was to die. Joash, king of Israel, went down to him and went before him, crying, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. He's really worried that they're going to be attacked by an invading army. And when the man of God dies, how will he know what to do next? What will happen? How will we handle the attacks that are coming against Israel? So he's kind of concerned and he's gone to see Elisha the prophet. It says in verse 15, Elisha said to him, take a bow and arrows. So he took a bow and arrows. Then he said to the king of Israel, draw the bow and he drew it. And Elisha laid his hands on the king's hands and he said, open the window eastward. And he opened it. Then Elisha said, shoot, and he shot. And he said, the Lord's arrow of victory, the arrow of victory over Syria. 
For you shall fight the Syrians in Aphek until you have made an end of them. And he said, take the arrows. And he took them. And he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground with them. And he struck three times and stopped. Then the man of God was angry with him and said, well, you should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck down Syria and you would have made an end of it. But now you will strike down Syria only three times. I feel for Joash, you know, like I look at that scripture and I think that is just plain unfair. You tell him to strike. He does it. You know, how was he supposed to know that when he was actually striking the ground with the arrows, that that was the window of opportunity to destroy a Syrian army. Yeah. How is he supposed to know that that was his window? And it got me thinking about windows of opportunity. Yeah. When they start and when they stop, when they open and when they close. And it's like if we could just know, spiritually speaking, yeah. when we had an open window, Surely in the season that it was open, we do everything that we could. Yeah? Well, I believe that we are in that window right now. I believe that we are in a window. There is an open window of opportunity over Bright Church right now. And I, I look at Joash and he, he, he stopped short because, well, he had enough. You know, struck it three times and he had enough. You know, if you read what the commentaries say about it, it's kind of indicative of him sort of just like, almost like humoring the man of God. Like, yep, you know why? He struck the arrows. He'd already heard the words, oh, you'll win this next victory. And so he said, that's enough for me. That's enough. So yeah, sure. He just kind of like entertaining the old man, striking the arrows. That's why Elisha got so upset about the whole thing. Because he could see that he was just trying to humor him. You already told me that I was going to get victory. So, so why bother striking? But he didn't understand that what was in front of him was an open window. He could have had so much more had he have realized what was happening right in front of him. And, and, and you know, I, I think about this and I go, I wonder if Joash ever thought for just a moment, not about himself and his current generation, but I wonder if he thought about his children's children's children. You read the scriptures and the, these, these armies, they have deep history. They tend to fight one generation and then their kids fight and their kids fight and well, they just keep fighting. And here is Joash with an opportunity to leave a legacy for his children and his children's children. He could have ensured them victory had he realized the window of opportunity was right in front of him. And I think what he could have secured for them when the time was right and the season was, was open, what he could have secured for them would have saved them. It would have helped them. It would have protected them and future generations. And they lost it. And my point today is don't be so easily satisfied with what you see. Don't be so easily satisfied with what you see. You know, if we look around today, and, we, and, and don't get me wrong, you know, we, we always celebrate what God has done, yes? We celebrate what He's done and we're so thankful for what He's done. Amen. But at the same time, why would we stop short? 
Why, why, we, we don't want to be so easily satisfied that what we do is miss the window of opportunity in the present season. Because right now, if we could take some ground and advance the kingdom of God, what is the legacy that we might leave to our own children? I do think about that. Admittedly, it doesn't keep me up at, uh, awake at night because I, I trust in God. But I tell you what, I think a lot about it. I think about it because I think about the battles that are coming for our children's children's children. The world seems to be going one way and I look at the church and we are going another. We have to have a legacy that outlasts our very lives. And now, you, you, you know, if you're hearing this for the first time, you're starting to get a, a picture of the, of the church that we want to build. Something that's not just here to entertain us for the current season, but will be established because how many of us know that the world needs strong churches. It needs churches that preach the Word, that are full of the presence of the Spirit of God. And we get, I, I believe that we are in an opportune season right now. And, you know, the truth is every day, you know, in, in one sense, every day, there are windows of opportunity, right? I mean, because we're alive. So, so while I've got breath in my lungs, there is a window of opportunity to advance the kingdom of God because I'm still alive. But I think beyond that, beyond that general window of opportunity that will close someday for every single one of us, beyond that general window, there is a season of opportunity right in front of us right now. You know, every conversation you have with a person is an opportunity to do something significant, to advance the kingdom of God. And whether they are a believer in Jesus or not, a word of knowledge, a prophetic word into their lives, that somebody with the gift of encouragement, you encourage somebody. You know, every opportunity or conversation that we have is an opportunity. Every person we meet, whether they just be someone that serves you dinner at the local restaurant, you know, there's a window of opportunity right there. When I check my bank account and I see the amount of money that's in there, that is opportunity. I get to choose what I do with that. I get to choose where I sow it and I get to choose what will be reaped after what I sow it or where I sow it. You know, a couple years ago, oh, sorry, a couple months ago, um, I, I bought Bibles for, for my kids and I, I did, I, I told you guys about it and uh, I had an opportunity to, to <laughs> I had an opportunity to either spend that money on Bibles or petrol. Um, and uh, I, I could have spent that, that money anywhere on anything. You know, and, and, you know, as petrol prices are going up and things are, uh, are looking kind of, you know, uh, stressful for people, uh, you know, when, if things start to get tight, you know, we have to choose what we're going to do with the resource that, w that we have. And I think oftentimes when we look at cost, we look at how much is it going to directly cost me to do this? But then you have to consider there's another cost. What is the cost to my kids if I don't make this investment, right? Well, that's called the opportunity cost. You know, what am I going to lose as an opportunity if I, if I don't invest? Well, what happens if I, what if I don't buy those Bibles? And what if they don't create that connection, that relationship with God that they could have? What if, what if, what if I lose the opportunity to do something there in that, in that moment with their lives that would have seen them change and, and, and transform in this window where they were hungry for it? And they say, Dad, we want to read the Bible. Like, imagine if I let that window shut and say, no, 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 petrol prices are going up, mate. Sorry, I've got to spend that money on the, at, you know, 
pet at the petrol pump. Sorry, mate. You know, I, I lose the opportunity. Man, I, I, I think about that sometimes. I think about, hey, I think we should all think about it. What happens if we don't give? What happens if we don't share the gospel? There are windows of opportunities in people's lives. What happened if I, if I missed that window? There's a season when somebody was hungry for it, but I was too busy or preoccupied. What happens? Well, what's the opportunity cost if I, if I don't pray? And, you know, I reckon that one, I reckon that one's going to kill us when we get to heaven. And obviously, metaphorically, because we're already there. But, you know, that last one about prayer, I reckon that's going to kill us. And I, I do, I wonder. I, I wonder if God will ever have this moment where he says, sit down, we, I want to have a little chat with you. I say, okay. And he says, look, here is the life that you lived. And I'm like, oh, there were so many great moments, right? I wonder if he ever shows and, and rolls you know, the other tape, he goes, yeah, here's what, here's what I was prepared to give to you. Here's, here's what would have happened if you had have asked more, if you had have prayed more, if you had have shared more, if you had have given, if you had have done, if you had have laid down your, your, your talent for the kingdom. Here's the life you could have lived. And, and, and now, you're, you, you know, you're comparing that one to the one that you have. And you think, oh, are you telling me that if I had have just prayed more and, 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 invested more into my marriage I could have had like this amazing marriage you know if I'd have if I'd have just done more and 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 sowed more into that you're telling me that I I could have my family life could have looked completely different you're telling me that my my health could have been better if I had have just approached life differently are you telling me that we could have had a a, a stronger church that did this and that? you're telling me that that all of that was behind a prayer I didn't pray and that I didn't seek you. And I, I mean, that's the kind of thing that, you know, that's going to kill you when you're in heaven. It's like, no, like, hey, I, I don't want to miss out on that. You know, what if I had a prayed and served and given and, and, and sacrificed, you know, and I think about the opportunity cost. We, I think we've got to remember something as, as the people of God. John 15, verse 16, Jesus said, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you. You didn't choose me. You didn't choose Jesus. I know that when you're a new Christian, you think that you chose him. He chose you. You only respond to him because he first acted towards you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and I appointed you. That word means duty, means obligation. It means that you're set apart. Being chosen by God is not about privilege. It's about purpose. You know, when we're chosen by God, it's not like we walk around thinking, (laughs) well, you weren't chosen by God? Well, sorry, you know, but look at me. It's not about privilege. God chooses you for purpose. It's about purpose. Jesus said, I chose you. I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. That fruit is success in ministry. He's talking about the gospel. He's talking about the advancement of of the kingdom of God. And he said, and that your fruit should abide. The kind of 
gospel fruit that outlasts pandemics. You know, the kind of gospel fruit that outlasts the next decade. The kind of gospel fruit that outlasts our lives and goes on into eternity. He says, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. I've heard the scripture used before pretty badly. Um, It's not about getting everything that you want. It's about being so close to Jesus, you understand what he wants. And if you pray in alignment with what the Son of God wants, then you start to see some breakthrough in your prayer life. And I look at this and I think if that was true for his disciples then, it's absolutely true for his disciples now. Amen. It's true for us right now. And, and, and what's my point is that right now, I, I'm telling you, I think we have an open window. There's a season that's in front of us. I think that God is releasing the arrow. And, you know, the Bible speaks in, in the New Testament 100 times exactly about this word kairos. This, it's the word for time, but it's not like chronos time like your watch. It's a, it's a, it's a moment in time. It's a time, it means season, it means opportunity. It means a divinely appointed moment. It means a favorable time. A time when what would be difficult in other seasons would be easier in this season. Why? Because God's doing it and God's in it. And I think that we are in a divinely appointed season right now and i thank god for the past i thank god for everything that he's done and i and i do and i think about you know some of the things that we heard before like we get to be here because other people have gone ahead and done stuff and we get to be the recipients of that and i'm so we're so blessed to have that in one sense i have an eye on the past that i'm saying thank you but i got another eye on the future and i'm saying there's so much more there's so much more there's so much more. And I'm like, you know, right now, we're a church of hundreds. I can see past that to thousands. And just so you know, when I think about that, it's not about the thousands and the thousands. It is for me, and anybody that's close to me would know this. It's about the one, you know. It's about, it's about people coming to know who he is. You know, I, I think there are different ways to run a church. I like to think about church like a family. I think that's the closest thing we have. I think that's why God is our father and we are brothers and sisters because we're family. And we're meant to, it's meant to feel like a, a family. And I just believe that the greatest influx of salvations are ahead of us. That in the season ahead that we'll see more people give their hearts and lives to Jesus than we have ever seen in the past. And it just stands to reason and makes sense to me that if people keep coming and joining this family, and then naturally, it's got to get bigger. And we already know that we, you know, we can't stay in this building forever, but I'm, I'm believing that because of the explosive growth and what God wants to do, 
not just in Bright Church, but I believe really on planet Earth, there is a there is a season that we're in right now as the church, but especially Bright Church, that more and more people will come. And I can see past the hundreds to the thousands. I just think that as the family grows bigger, as we add more more, more kids, as, as we add more brothers and sisters, it's got to get bigger. It's got to happen, right? It's got to happen. And it has been prophesied over this church on many occasions by a number of people, reputable people that hear the voice of God, that this is a church for generations. I love this. Uh, You know, doesn't matter how old you are. This is a church for generations. I love what we're seeing happening in youth right now. Russell and the team, it's 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 just exploding. It's just happening, you know. This is a church for generations. This is a church for for the multitudes. This is a church that will see people come to know who Jesus is. This is a church that makes Christ central, the central focus, that preaches the Word of God, that is on mission and is absolutely consumed to see people know Jesus, find freedom, be discipled and make a difference on planet Earth. I'm just so bought into what this is. And I know that I'm in good company today because I'm surrounded by people that believe every word of what I'm saying. It's been prophesied so many times that this church will continue to grow and expand into other territories. I had a, I had a friend of mine who sent me a, a text pretty recently. He said this, this is a, a leader of a very significant church nationally in Australia. He said, Ben, I've been praying for you this morning. As this is all it said, he said, I really believe in you. And I believe that what you're building will become a very large and significant church in this nation. And it's like, it's ha- we're in that season right now where God is saying it's time to go. It's time, I'm releasing the arrow. It's time to double down on everything that I'm, I'm doing. There is a window of opportunity. I believe to see people saved, to see people know who Jesus is, to find freedom, to be discipled and to make a difference. And I, I think, you know, it to me, it doesn't, I, I don't, it doesn't bother me or anyone at this church. If you've been here for five minutes or five years, it doesn't matter. You're here. The time is now. God's got a call on your life. There's a grace on you. He wants to work in you and through you. And I'm telling you that if we uh, respond to the season that we're in right now and respond to what God is saying to us as a church right now, we're going to see such a significant move of God in this church that will see generations and generations and generations of people affected. And I think we've got to come to a place where we're not satisfied with what we see. We're grateful and we're thankful and we praise Him, but we believe that there's more to come. And I think we've got to get past, you know, small-minded thinking and saying that this is all there is. You know, when Jesus taught His disciples to pray, what did He say? He he said, My Father who is in heaven, that is designed for His disciples to orientate their minds about who He is and who we are. Because from here, sometimes seasons look difficult, sometimes things look challenging. But from where He is, with unlimited capacity, ability, come on, just reorientate your mind around the limitless God that we serve, the Creator, of heaven and earth that exists out of time and can do abundantly above what we think, hope or imagine. I don't know about you. I got a big imagination. I can think of a lot of things. He can do so much more than what I can think or even imagine. We've got to orientate our minds around who He is because you know what? As we're building this thing, as we're extending and advancing the kingdom of God, yeah, it carries the name bright, but it's all about Jesus. It's all about 
about Him. It's about what He has done. It's about what He's doing. And in Jesus' name, it's about everything that He is going to do in our future. And I believe that there is so much more than we've seen. And this is like a long invitation to come and be part of the next move and act of God, what He's going to do here. I want to pray for you this morning. Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly Podcast. We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.